buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. My name is Colin Mitchell and I'm your host. And today's episode is one that I'm super excited about. I had the pleasure of really getting to know Wayne Morris. He runs his own consulting firm where he helps companies with their go-to-market strategy. His last three companies grew from zero to multi-million in annual recurring revenue within months of deploying his go-to-market philosophies. One even sold to Oracle for 150 million. And we went way back to his experience right out of college when he was selling door to door. He had a lot of struggles and a lot of failures and falling on his face early on in that first job of selling door to door, these little devices that uh, would help people lower the rates of international calls. And somebody took a chance on him Because at that point, after two straight weeks of getting beat up, they'd given him the nickname Donut Boy because he'd show up every day with a big fat zero on the board. And he went from Donut Boy to Golden Boy. And that is what we dig into in this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Wayne, welcome to Sales Transformation. Colin, it's a real pleasure. Thanks for having me on and shout out to Clint for introducing us. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just let's just jump right in here. Give us the, give us the door to door sales story. Like how did you get into that? What was that like? And, and let's take it from there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So you can be honest. It was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So maybe I'll rewind a little bit before that and I'll give you the full kind of lead up because I think that really, that really applies. So I come from a low income immigrant military family in the UK. Um, yeah. I was the first in my family to read for a degree at university. So I had that as like my start in life. And actually to me, that felt like a fantastic start. I was like, wow, like yeah. everyone else before me has it's been like a struggle for them. But my parents yeah. sacrificed 
they did everything they could. I mean, to me, it was a cool upbringing. I loved it. It was, you know, it was gritty. My father was a special forces dude. Well, uh, like an elite, like a, a British commando in the in the mm-hmm. British military. I'm um, not quite special forces, but up there. So, you know, I had that pretty, I had that pretty hard upbringing, and I went to a, um, I went to a military boarding school. So for me, I had this military upbringing all the way through to the age of 18, and then got a degree, and then really hustled. Even though I'd had a half decent education, got a got a degree, I still had to hustle my way into a decent job. Um, and I took an internship in in London for a large firm, um, a news agency called Reuters. Now it's Thomson Reuters. But I had to take an internship even though I graduated because I just couldn't get on a graduate program. Mm. Um, so everything for me has been has been a hustle. I didn't realize it was just like kind of born into my DNA. Now reflecting on it, it's pretty obvious. But at the time, you know, like I really didn't know at the time. And in that uh, in that job, it was actually in marketing. I was a I was an intern in marketing communications, and I was working really closely with sales guys. And I realized that was my epiphany. I realized that those sales guys, uh, also some of them were first generation graduates, also came from low income backgrounds. But the other thing I realized was that those um, those sales guys were making really good money. And to me, that was a real eye. And I was like, wow, this is, this is the pathway. If you work damn hard, you can find a way to a better life through mm. sales. Um, unfortunately for me, uh, so here's what I did. I basically befriended a few of the sales guys and said, look, what is it that you're doing that's really crappy that you really hate, that you'd love not to be doing? Because I'll do it. I'll do it for you. And they were like, great. Yeah, we hate putting together PowerPoint presentations. Like, we hate having to adjust them and adapt them. We've got to go see these. So I was like, okay, cool. Send me your PowerPoint presentation. Uh, I'm in marketing. I'll figure it out. I'll make it look slick. So that's what I started doing. And I started to see their sales pitch. Mm. Like, oh, cool. Okay, I can now see what they're pitching. And then after a while, a couple of them said, hey, you put this deck together. Do you want to come on the meeting with me? Um, and we were selling into merchant banks in the city. Do you want to come on the meeting with me just in case, you know, I've got like, you know, something I want to ask you on the side. <laughs> yeah, right on. I definitely want to do that. So long story short, um, the company had a reshuffle six months into my one year internship. The managing director of the business uh, got to know me because I was helping out the guys making the money. And he said, hey, look, you have your choice of any like entry level job you want in the company you you can have you can take first pick as as uh, for the next 6 months what do you want to do so i chose a sales job in this is 1998 right i'm going i'm showing my age i'm going back in time um, so I, 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 I have a question i want to just jump in for yeah. a second i mean not very many people do that like do somebody else's job for them cuz they're just so curious about learning more about that role. I mean, there's there's this constant battle of sales and marketing pointing the finger at each other and not doing each other's work, right? So 
I mean, those sales guys or girls must have been like, this guy wants to do our work for us. <laughs> Why not? Right? Like what made you so curious about wanting to learn what the salespeople were doing? It, Cause it was my, I just saw it as the, I have always associated money with freedom mm. and these guys were making three or four times the amount of money that anyone else was making. And they didn't really talk about it, but it was just obvious. It was mm. just really obvious. So I was just ultra curious. What was it about them that was so good, so special, so different that wasn't so good, so special, so different about everybody else? It was a baseline curiosity. Like, what is it? What is yeah. it that they've got? Like, and You're like, I just own... need to know what yeah, they know. I, yeah, I just, I, I had to find out. So how, like, I just needed to get close to them. They weren't going to just let me close to them. Like, hey, dude, like, can I hang out with you for a bit? Like, who the fuck are you? Like, get, get the hell out of here. So, yeah. you know. But I'll let you okay. do my work for me, sure. But yeah, so I was like, how, how can I get my in? And, you know, the odd beer down the pub, I was like, hey, like, what's crappy about your job? You know, if someone else was doing that for you, could you sell more? Yeah, that's a smart way to think. Okay, what is it? I'll do it for you. I'll try. You, that was your first sale right there. Yeah. I mean, that was it. That <laughs> it didn't pay it. a great commission, but it was your first sale. Yeah. Um, but I got lucky, man. The, the, a guy called James Adams uh, took me under his wing and he was like, you can come with me everywhere. You know, you do my decks, you, you've earned the right to come with me everywhere. Some of the other guys were like, yeah, thanks. Like, I'll come back to you when I need some more stuff. And obviously, I, <laughs> like, you know, you know. <laughs> I kind of like uh, didn't spend too much time with those guys, but this guy, this guy was like, uh, "You deserve a shot, man. You, you come out and you can you can help me out." Um, so then I, I kind of look. What they were doing was pretty complex. They were selling trading platforms into merchant banks, and to be c completely honest, most of it, if not all of it, was over my head. I was sat there in these meetings, like, "What are these guys talking about?" But it got me into the environment and it yeah. was, there was something exhilarating about it. There was an energy and I was like, look, these guys are making good money. This is interesting. There's a really good energy. And actually these guys are just like leveraging other people in the business who are super smart technically to get what they need in order to get the customer into position in order to buy. So I could, I could see the dynamic and I was intrigued mm. by that dynamic. And I was wondering how I could influence that dynamic. And that was my very first introduction to sales. Um, I then, they had then had the reshuffle. I then took a job in this department called New Media, which is basically what we now call technology. And I remember my boss's boss who had given me this opportunity to get into any role I wanted to, any department in the company, taking me aside and saying, what the hell are you doing? Like we sell into merchant banks, financial markets, everyone wants to sell to merchant banks. Why do you want to go into this crappy little new media department? And I was like, well, I think this internet thing is going to be pretty big. And, uh, yeah. he was like, okay, if you really want to do that, like people, I'm giving you opportunity that people don't get for 15 years in their career. And you want to like do the new media thing? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, dude. You go for it. Wow. 
You could have, um, you could have easily, you could have easily been persuaded the other direction, and it I, could I was, have, he was trying to. It would have changed the whole trajectory of your career, probably. Yeah, I mean, the easiest to to say that everyone was surprised by that decision is an understatement. I mean, lots of people, the same people that were teaching me to sell, were taking me out for beers, saying, "What are you doing?" Like this is mm. this is a, you know what are you doing? But I just I was fresh out of college, um, you know I'd been using this sounds crazy now we're in 2021 but I'd been like very actively you know writing my dissertation uh, on com- you know on computers I'd been using email frequently I'd been I'd been using the first search engines that were out there and. To me, it just yeah. seemed really obvious. So I took now that those, job. N- now those same people that were like thinking, why do you want to do this stupid new me- media thing are probably kicking themselves thinking, man, we should have listened to that guy that used to do our <laughs> decks and get into that new media thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in touch with one or two of those guys. They're, they're doing just fine. Uh, the financial market is still pretty big. I wouldn't feel too sorry for those guys, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're uh, they, they're 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 really good guys. But anyway, I left. So there was a great year, man. A year out of university, that experience. You know, my parents were like, because they offered me a job. So I did the internship, and they're like, "Oh, you're not really an employee. Do you want to be an employee? Do you want a job?" And that to my parents, they were like, "Yeah, I mean." You know, working class, low income university. They were like, he's being offered a job in the city. Like, he's actually a real job. Like, you know, they fully expected me to just jump at it. And I was like, no, I don't. That's I actually don't need this job. And you know, people were like, why? I'm like, well, I I know my path. Like, I've got it. I've nailed it. What I need to do now is do something I've not done before that I really need to get out of my mm. system. And go traveling around the world. And that's what led me to door-to-door sales. Wow, I I, I had no idea that there was so much before door-to-door yeah. sales. <laughs> well, that was, I that just was assumed, I assumed that door-to-door sales was the beginning. <laughs> yeah, well, so you know, all good so you went from that to door-to-door sales. Now, and 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 you said that that involved some traveling. Yeah, so I was, I'm from the UK, as you may be able to tell by my accent. And um, that experience I just described to you was in London. Uh, me and my best mate, we decided to go traveling around the world. And our halfway point was Sydney, Australia. And we get to Sydney and we're broke. We've spent all of our, we spent all of our money uh, in the US and in the Pacific Islands and New Zealand had a great time and we get to Sydney and we're broke and we need to make some money. Um, I, three, three of the guys we knew, including my best mate went off door to door selling and I was like, no, I don't need to do that. I've worked for this big company in the city, blah, 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 blah. Mm. I don't need to do that. And they kept coming back telling their stories and I was pretending to be disinterested and not particularly approving. Um, and they kept coming back, and I just, oh, God, I was like, I cannot let those guys, like, keep coming back telling their stories. Like, it's just like, this is just going to kill me. So after a week, 
I broke. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm in. Let me go check out what this is all about. Um, so what? So the product was a telecoms international landline telecoms product. So if you made international calls, you could attach this product essentially to your pre-existing incumbent phone line. And every time you made an international call, it would cut the cost significantly, like really significantly. Um, and it was door-to-door sales. So mm-hmm. you turn up on someone's door and you do, and you do the pitch. So it was classic multi-level marketing situation. You turn up in the morning, 7 a.m., there's the big kind of you know motivational speech, there's the, the, all the training, there's... You know, I've got to say, like, from day one, I was like, this is, you know, I am not buying this crap. Like, this is, this is, I don't need this shit. Like, I'll, I'll just, <laughs> just, just, keep, just give me the damn product and I'll knock on the doors and, like, let's just see how we go. But, but, I did, uh, that's what I was thinking, but I was like, no, no, do this properly, follow the rules, not the rules, but follow the process. Don't be arrogant, go with it. So that's what I did. I took the, the the scripted pitch i yeah. uh, you know listened to the attitude that everyone had that you had to take to the door i just followed the program um and went out knocking on doors in sydney australia those first two weeks were the most soul-searching weeks i've ever had in my professional <laughs> career i would so we would go out we'd get there at 7 a.m We'd hit the streets at maybe 9 a.m. and we wouldn't get back till 6 p.m. So they were long day and obviously on your feet. Every day for two weeks, I'd come back and hear people smashing the gong, you know, all the classic sales stuff. Uh, And I, you know, little old me would walk in and be like, oh, Wayne, how many, do you get any deals today? Like, no, none. Next day, do you get any deals today? No. Oh, you'll get one tomorrow, you know, 14 days in. I got mm. the nickname Donut Boy. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, here comes Donut Boy. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you got How did you manage to get that nickname? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, for all listeners that aren't aware, <laughs> if, you look at a, <laughs> if you look at a donut, it looks like a big fat zero. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so, oh man, know, and you David, stuck with it. Well, you know, I, I mean, at that point who, you were probably determined, like, <laughs> I can't leave out here <laughs> as yeah, donut I mean, boy. <laughs> there's a certain point, there's a, there's a certain point of no return, like you're broke, you, you're literally scrounging off your mates to get some food. You're not turning up to the pub anymore because you're just like embarrassed. And then, but there's just something in you that says, I'm going to figure this damn thing out. Yeah. And uh, it's very I mean, difficult all, to describe what that is. All the best salespeople love a challenge, you know? So I think at that point in that moment, you're just like, oh, I'm not going to go out like this, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's just, my nickname was Donut Boy. I mean, like, what, like, that, that's going to hang around. I mean, like, that's going to, you know, that was just like a weight around my neck. 
So, oh, but it was rough. You know, it was rough. I was literally skipping meals because I just couldn't in scrounging off mates. It was, I had no money in my bank account. Uh, so how did you come commission. out of that? Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. My boss, so we used to do these road trips out of Sydney into the suburbs. And supposedly the suburbs were like the gold rush. It was just much easier mm. to, to, to do business there. But it was costly for the managers to send you there because there's, you know, hire car, there's accommodation, there's, you know, a budget that they have. To, so they're only going to send their best salespeople out of town because they need to make a load of money. So there's all my mates, you know, talking about looking forward to go to this place, Kiama, in, in South New South Wales, south of Sydney, two hours south of Sydney. And I'm there uh, thinking, well, you know, they're going to have fun. What am I going to do? But, but luckily for me, my boss saw something. She could see, I think she could just see that I was working them. I mean, I was working. I mean, I wasn't cutting corners. Um, and she took me aside and said, hey, like, I think you should go on this trip. I think it would do you good. I can see you're working damn hard. Stick with it and enjoy it. Don't put pressure on yourself. Just go for it. So mm. I was like, wow, like my boss just backed me. My boss, my, the boss just backed Donut Boy to go and like figure <laughs> this out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, you you gotta stop with the donut boy, or we're just gonna be sitting here laughing the whole time. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is, but it's the delivery or how you say it. <laughs> They're sending but, donut boy to the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, and um, but you know, but that was brave of her, right? Because they were she she was choosing me over others that yeah. were performing. So that was my very first lesson. I looked her in the eye. I was like, do you know what? That's the, that's, this is, this could be a big lesson for me and for everyone. So I felt a responsibility to her for that, um, yeah. kind of confidence she, and commitment. She went out. She on took a, a chance. She took a chance on yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing was, I was like, well, look, what have I got to lose? Like, what have I got to lose? This is like, you know, south of Sydney, it's going to be really nice. Like, no one's expecting anything of me. They're just going to expect me to, you know, be in this massive box of donuts at the end of the day. Like, they, they'd really, really, like, no, there's just no weight on my shoulders. So, on this yeah. trip south, two hours in the car, I was like, look, clearly this playbook is not working for me. It's just not working for me. And, and I just made this decision to just rip it up. And the decision I made was to figure this out for myself. I was like, look, the wow. playbooks, the scripts are all shortcuts. Like, like, no shortcuts. Like, put the work in, figure this out for yourself. And the first thing I did was I thought deeply about the product. Like, what was it? What was the value it was bringing people? Was it genuine? And would people be, be interested you know, was there some real value there? And the answer was yes, but only for certain people. But I came to this conclusion myself. The script doesn't tell you that. The script just says sell to everyone on the door. But the conclusion I came to was don't sell to everyone on the door. The conclusion wow. I came to was there are certain people on the door you should not sell to. You should basically say no to and move on to the next. And I had to 
Um, and I made this decision to clearly define in my mind who those people were. That's the very first thing I did. Um, the next thing I did was, you know, I said, I just need to be myself. Like, I just need to be who I am and not someone else I'm trying to be made to be. Because that's the only way I'm going to enjoy myself. Like, what do I, I, I need to enjoy myself. So, um, I, re I, I resolved on that journey to only sell to the people that I thought there was value in taking this product. And I resolved to just be myself. And in to ju in just be myself, I then asked the, my question of like, well, who am I? Like, what is it that I, mm. what is it about this that I really enjoy? And what I really enjoyed was making people's lives a bit better and figuring out what it was that would make people's lives a bit better. So what I realized I really enjoyed was just learning about people. Like, who are you? What do you do? What's your life all about? And like, is there a way in which I can help you? Um, and I took that to the first door in Kayama the following day. And I was, uh, I was, I always dressed smart, military background means I was always dressed smartly. So I had cleanly polished shoes. I was, you know, I had a uh, button down shirt with tie, like, you know, often mistaken for um, Jehovah's Witness. You know, I, I was like, I, I was the guy walking around the street that everyone did not think was, you know, out there. They, they thought I was working in an office. But not, I knocked on the door, and dude, I was nervous as hell. I was like, yeah. I was really nervous. You're going but, off script. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I was nervous, but I was, but I was thinking, just be yourself. Just be yourself and just see what happens. You've got nothing to lose. And, uh, and smile. That was the other thing. And smile. Just smile. I have one of these faces that doesn't have like a natural smile. You, can, you, can, you know, it's like it's like naturally stern so smiling for me is like perfect you know like, but when i smile you know it comes out so I, so I smiled at the door and this old lady opened the door and she smiled back and i realized mm. for the very first time i was like she smiled back no one's ever done that no one's ever smiled back at me and then i was like oh so the way you start is really important and the smile is really important. It gets you off on the right foot. It's the first victory on this very, very yeah. quick path to yeah. potential success. That first and, impression. Yeah. It building rapport from the initial start of the yeah. conversation. So she, we just got talking and I found out before I didn't say anything about the product. I just found out she had a brother in London or in the UK. And obviously I was from the UK. So we got talking about that for a bit. I was on the door for 15 minutes. I was about, I had such a good conversation. I was about to walk off. She called me back and said, why did you knock on the door? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, yeah, there's uh, I'm in town selling this product or like helping people save money on their international phone lines. I guess you make international calls because you've got your brother. Like, yeah, how I make international calls. I make a lot of international calls. 
Mm. And she literally took the clipboard out of my hand and was like, what is this? She filled it out pretty much herself, signed it pretty much herself, gave me the clipboard back and said, I'm going to call two of my friends. Make sure you go to their door. Like, so I left like the first door. I hadn't even tried to sell. She wow. closed the deal for me. And she set up three more deals down the street. So like I had not even tried, I hadn't tried to sell and I knew I was on four deals. Door one, four deals. I'd spent no more donut boy. Weeks. Yeah. That no more I'd spend donut boy. Yeah. That's it. Like donut boys. So all right, there's so many, there's so many valuable things in, in all of that. I don't even know where to start, but, um, such an important piece in sales. Be yourself, right? Scripts early on, you know, you gotta, you gotta find your way, right? And, and I'm, I'm not saying, you know, ditch the script on day one, right? You gotta understand, like, what are we trying to accomplish here? <laughs> what are we trying to do? You know, what are my goals in the conversation? Um, and people talk about, you know, building, building their personal brand. Like that's such a load of crap. Like your personal brand is like who your authentic self is and just be comfortable with being that you're not going to be a good fit for everybody, but yeah, you're going to find your people, the people that you are most likely to do business with. Um, and the interesting thing there is that <laughs> you forgot to sell or something. <laughs> yeah. You invested in the person, in the conversation, um, you built trust and rapport and, you know, I like to tell people, you know, they ask like, when's, when's the first, when's the perfect time to pitch when they ask you to. Yeah. Yeah. When they ask you to pitch, you know, front load with a great experience and, and adding value and positioning yourself in a, as an expert on a particular topic. Uh, don't lead with your features and benefits and pricing, you know, uh, that's how you can separate yourself and like good old donut boy knew how to do that <laughs> <laughs> in the suburbs, yeah. you know, I mean, by ditching the script, being himself. I think what I'd say though, is like the soul searching of those two weeks, you know, don't donut boys soul was like ripped out and laid out yeah. in front of him. Yeah. You know? And like what I'd say to a lot of people who are starting out or going through a rough time is like, that's the context for the rest of your day, week, month, quarter, year career. And like, I've got to say like the lessons that I learned in, in the period of time that I'm just describing, this is 1999 now, like 22 years on today, they stick with me. I use them. I built on them yeah. every day for 22 years. So, you know, this, uh, those lessons are very, very valuable. And to your point about being your authentic self, you know, I told you at the outset, I grew up low income, immigrant military family, first to university. When you have that background, it's pretty hard to figure out yeah. who your authentic self is because you don't want to be your authentic self. You want to be someone yeah. else because you know that if you're your authentic self, you're not going to get very far because yeah. you know, society is stacked against you. So one I, thing I that totally, 
I totally relate with that. You know, I also grew up very poor, raised by a single mom with, there was three brothers. Dad wasn't around barely by the skin of my teeth made it through high school, hated everything about school, rarely showed up to school. Um, college was not even in the cards for me because frankly, nobody told me it was important. Yeah. And my first job was a commission only over the phone sales job and I had nothing to lose. (laughs) Like, you know, people talk about, Oh, I wanted to be this when I grew up or I went to school to do this and sales was my plan B or fallback. And my experience was like, I had no other opportunities knocking at my door. That was it for me, yeah. Um, yeah. which is why I love the profession so much because yeah. it was the great leveler, out. man. Yeah, it's the great leveler. Um, but, you know, being your authentic self, when you have that background, I don't know what it was like for you, Colin, but for me, you know, living in the, you know, class society like the UK, um, it was, I mean, it's, it, you know, speaking frankly, it's it's still taking me a long time to figure out who my authentic self really is. You know, you it takes a long time to undo a lot of that stuff, and I'm probably like only now really getting to that to that point yeah. where I, you know, where I feel like I really know who I really am. And the irony of it all is, it's like who I was. It's like who, you know, it's, it's who my parents brought me up to be. But so much of that gets like churned around as you're as you're growing up um, in, you know, in the society that you're aspiring to, to be in. But it was but sales really helped me on has really helped me understand who my authentic self is, because really there's no the great thing about sales is when you're in the field of battle in order to succeed, there's really nowhere to hide. And if you want to optimize, if you want to optimize your success in sales, you have to figure out who your authentic self is because people do buy from people. They need to trust in you. They need to believe in you and they they need to do it damn quick. So like trying to, trying to fake that is really difficult. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, it's actually, it's actually more work. It's actually more work. It's a lot more work. Yeah, hundred percent agree. It's a lot more work. The, the 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 you know donut boy turned into golden boy. I mean, like I sold from that day onwards. I made a load of money. I made a fortune. I did. I did thirty four sales in one day. I went two weeks not making a sale. And and I you know, and I started to play with the play with the job. It was it was. You know, I could look at, a, I could, I got to the point where I, I couldn't do a deal to where I could look at a house and a door and I could predict the persona type that was going to open the, whether they'd be in, I could predict the persona type that would open the door to a very high accuracy and I would adjust my pitch slightly even before they opened the door, knowing that the probability of me getting that pitch right was high and I could get off to a faster start, which would save me time moving on to the next door and get to the next sale. You know, it went, it literally went full circle from utterly useless to just like real, really precise clinical uh, selling. 
So that, that spectrum of salesperson, I've lived it. I've, I've been the donut boy and I've been the golden boy and I've been everything in between. And I know deep inside me that on that spectrum, salespeople do different things all along that spectrum, whether it's door to door selling or whether it's selling mm. million dollar deals in enterprise SaaS. You know, there is a whole spectrum that you have to be tuned tuned into. Wow. Wow. I didn't anticipate we would spend this much time on your door-to-door experience, but I'm glad that we did because it's such an important piece of your authentic self. You know, it really like molded um, you as a person, as a seller, you know, in, from going from no sales for two weeks to 34 in a day. And, you know, that early on being able to like think about personas and door to door selling. I don't think people doing door to door selling were that advanced. <laughs> well, it was all just about number. You know, it was really all about like how many, you know, how many doors can I knock on uh, within a finite period? It's like before it goes dark, you know, it's like, how, you know, and, and I felt comfortable. It wasn't, it was a quality play over volume but i knew that like i had something that people would want that would be valuable and i would be able to figure out really really quickly whether they were the right fit and i would tell right. them the funny thing is is like and i've written about this a good amount on linkedin like the funny thing is the people that it wasn't a good fit for i was so clear it wasn't a good fit for i would i would say hey this isn't a good fit for you um these are the reasons why um, I'm going to like, thanks for your time. I'm going to move on. Like they were the hardest people to get away from. They were like, no, 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 no. What, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you don't make enough international calls. Yeah. But like John down the road, he's got it. I'm like, yeah, but he, cause he makes lots of international calls. So yeah, but I want it. So there was this like Jones theory, like, you know, this like, yeah. you know, or if I had like, it, I'd make more international calls. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, then, you know, so I'm stood on the door, like consult, like, Hey, I'm talking to them. It's crazy. I got, I've gone from doing no deals to talking them out of doing a deal with me. Like, yeah. And like, but the thing is, is like what happened then was that person would be like, you're such a good guy, man. Like I mean, I don't meet salespeople that come to the door and convince yeah. me not to buy that product. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even care if like, I need it. I still want to buy it from you. <laughs> yeah, right? because there's a human psychology there of, of you know, um, offering something and then taking it away that, that creates scarcity, right? So people, pe- people get more interested. But that wasn't my intention. But the right. guy would then call his mates and say, hey, look, this isn't good for me, but this is good for you. Look out for Wayne. He's going to be knocking on your door. So I would get to the door and sometimes you'd be like, oh, you're weighing here. Where do I sign it? And I wouldn't even have to do the pitch. And so that's how you got 34 sales wow. in one day. You know, the no leads you to lots of yeses. And, and this, this, is, this applies to anything that you sell. This is not, you know, specific to door-to-door. Like you were caring more about the people, right? Like the, when you, that, that period, you know, that drive up to the suburbs, right? You, you, one, something you mentioned was, you you got clear on like who this is who this can actually add value to and who who it's not for and so many people get stuck in that place that you were for that two week period of like 
my products for everybody, <laughs> you know, or my products for anybody who's willing to pay me for it. Or, you know, getting very clear on like, here's the people that I know I can add value to or are the best fit for what I do but also getting super clear on the people that are not, which allows you to spend more time with people that are disqualified people that aren't like you mentioned. Uh, but then, yeah, those people may still want it. And, and maybe, maybe, you know, it, it could be of benefit to them. But the more important thing is you were just being so honest with them rather than trying to pressure them into selling it, that even if they didn't need it, they were willing to tell your, tell their friends about it. Yeah, and that's this is something that applies in every sales situation, as you just said. Whether it's, I mean, anything, absolutely. If you if you can if you can deeply understand the value of your product, and you can deeply understand the people that will find value in the product. So this is really all about what are my unique selling points. Who are our ideal customer profile, and what are our buyer, and who are our buyer personas, and being very clear about that to yourself. Um, I mean, and actually, a message to leaders: it's really about leadership. You know, the leaders need to be very clear about that, and they need to stop dictating to salespeople that every prospect should be sold to. Because what you, yeah, what do you mean? They filled out a form on our website. Of course, we should sell to them. Yeah, yeah, they're a lead. <laughs> like you know, like they're, they're they're a lead. Like marketing qualified. They're an inbound. They're yeah, they're an inbound. Clearly, clearly, they're interested. Yeah. Now, um, so this is this kind of leads into. I mean, this is the work that you do, right? With people is mm -hmm. go to market strategy of like, I right. mean, what you figured on early on that got you out of the, out of the nickname donut boy has like molded all the work that you've done after significantly. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is a, you know, this podcast is about sales transformation and like there are going to be 21, 22 year olds out there thinking, I, there's no way I can, there's no way I can like build my own company and consult with the preeminent um like future you know top tech executives but i mean you really can i mean like you know the the lessons that you that you learn you know early on in your career will will, will last you forever the, the work that i do today is really all about um ensuring that founders have focus around the value that they're um building in their product and ensuring that they have focus in their go-to-market teams to ensure that they're targeting the right customers with the right message. Um, and it's incredible how many founders build incredible products, but they build incredible products for their Y Combinator cohort. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, you've sold this to your, to your incubator cohort of, uh, of friends. Um, but like, now you've got a real company and now it looks really good, but how are you going to scale it in the real world? So like going back and understanding, right, who's your real competitive set? Who is it that you, uh, what, what are your actual unique selling points? Now you understand who your competitive set really is. Um, and what's the narrative around that? You know, and finally, once you understand that, who, who is 
what what is the profile of customer that you really should be targeting and who are the people in those customers that need to hear that message and what i find is a year or two into a business it changes pretty dramatically mm-hmm. um and you know maybe you know there's 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 often a relation between where you started and where you're at but it's 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 not perfect there is often a really big shift and the issue there is if you don't understand that in detail you're basically telling your sales people to sell to people that aren't going to buy and they're wasting time and time is the biggest killer of businesses and of sales people and top sales people know that so where i spend my time is ensuring that they that that founders and sales leaders have their team um, aligned together in unison around who the ideal customer profile is and what that narrative is. And it does, Colin, as you rightly point out, it does go back to that very deep experience I had door-to-door selling when I was not doing that, when I was just following instruction, when I, when I was being essentially told to sell to everyone and anyone. So my yeah. energies were just misguided. And it was difficult. And, you know, I came to the conclusion that that wasn't smart. Today, like in the world of technology, where there are so many signals about conversion rate, there are, you know, one, one thing that shocks me still today is you spent, tech companies spend all this money getting leads to become sales qualified opportunities. And still, and so that means that They've picked out the companies. They've picked out the buyer personas. They've delivered a narrative. It's gone through marketing. It's gone through the SDRs. It's now prime. It's ticked all the boxes. We understand what the metrics are. They're going to measure us by. You know, we understand what the decision making process and the criteria is. We understand literally everything about the opportunity. This is a net. We should be. And they're going to buy within the time frame that we want to buy. So this should close. There's no reason this shouldn't close. And only one in three of those deals closes. One in three of those deals closes. Why is that? Like, why is that? Like, that is... They're knocking on the wrong doors. Well, they, I mean, either they were knocking on the wrong doors, and if they were, that's a, you know, maybe that's a marketing problem. But if, but if, if those deals are truly qualified... Those are the right doors, but but if they're being forced to knock on the wrong doors as well, these deals are obscured in this sea of other deals that really are not, they shouldn't be working. So there's only so many hours in the day, there's only so many doors you can knock on. If you're gonna like dump a load of um, kind of opportunities that have low fidelity, some have low fidelity, some have high fidelity, and you're going to ask salespeople just to figure it out, that's going to be really, really difficult. The, the, what the smart leaders do is they upfront, they have much clearer definitions of, of who they're targeting and who their ideal customer profile is, because what they want to do is to have high fidelity opportunities land on the salesperson's desk. And when they do that, they um, that's when you'll see close rates increase. But even but even when close rates increase, I think there's still a big opportunity in the industry to increase the close rate from the industry average of one in three to something more like one in two. And if you do the math on that, you're talking about companies' valuations 
rising clearly very, very significantly. Wow. Wow. Wayne, this has been fantastic having you on. I, I really enjoyed learning the story of Donut Boy to Golden Boy, your your own personal sales transformation. Tons of value and learning lessons in there um, that people can apply. Where can people follow you, learn more about the work that you do or anything else that you want us to include in the show notes so they can get into your world? Yeah, so uh, this I'm revamping my website, but waynemorris.org is, is the website. Um, look out for a revamp of that uh, shortly. I'm really active on LinkedIn. They should find me on LinkedIn. Um, we can put hopefully put that in the show notes. Uh, I write about this stuff all of the time. The I've done 20 plus years in the industry, um, and now it's time for me to pay forward these experiences. Um, so they can follow me on LinkedIn, um, and you'll see an article from me about once a week. Um, it will be on my blog. It will also go onto LinkedIn, um, and you know I, I do my best to post on this subject at most days as well. So um, and I, look, and here's the thing. You know, there are sales guys out there that are going through these tough times. They're still figuring stuff out. I figured it out, luckily, when I was young, you know, when I was in my early 20s. I figured it out, and I didn't look back. But for some people, you know, you'll hit a mid-career point in time, and it'll be tough. The same lessons apply. You know, whenever I hit, whenever I hit a tough time, I let the sales go, and I, I always, donut boy is what always comes back to me. Mm. Always. Like, that guy, like, I thought I'd shaken the shackles of Donut Boy. He's never going away. But I'm really, you know, I'm really pleased that he's there on my shoulder when when yeah. when times are tough. So my 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 point here is, if times are tough and you don't have the Donut Boy experience, find other people that have the Donut Boy experience. That can be me. That can be other people. Reach out, you know, listen to their stories, figure out what it was they did. That's what I did with James Adams at Reuters in London. I just like sat on his shoulder and figured out what he did. And eventually I figured it out. You don't, you know, find, find the people. It's easy to do it today with all social media and stuff. Find the people that have figured this out, follow them, copy them. No shame, no shame in copying them. And then, and then you'll, you'll eventually turn it into your, into your own play. So, um, so I write about this stuff all the time. Um, yeah, link, LinkedIn uh, and my website, waynemorris.org, are probably the two best places to, to find me. Awesome. We will include those links in the show notes for everyone so they can uh, learn more and, and, and stay up to date on the things that you're writing about. Um, really enjoyed having you on. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the episode with your friends, and as always, we're listening for your feedback. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.